Welcome back to our Polyglot Talks podcast. Today we're going to be speaking about point number two, which is advice on how to overcome being afraid of making mistakes in a language. So we've decided, or this is crediting Katerina, she tried to call this this episode Mistake It Until You Make It. I love it. Uh, so mistake it until you make it. I would love to first speak about why. So in order to be able to quote unquote fix a problem, we want to know the root cause of this issue. So let's talk about why would people even be afraid to make mistakes in the first place? Why are we so afraid of making mistakes? And I think that's something that is um, human nature. We don't want to make mistakes. We don't want to look foolish. We don't want to sound dumb. We don't want to sound stupid or be made fun of. Um, sound like a baka. <laughs> exactly. We don't want to offend others, right? We want to um, come off as, hey, you know, we know what we're saying, but that's not going to be the case when we're learning a new language. Maybe another reason could be anxiety. Uh, both of us here, we're both extroverts, so we naturally love to speak, but I am, I am conscious that there are introverts who learn languages or maybe just shy extroverts <laughs> who learn languages. And, you know, we do struggle with shyness or social anxiety, um, cultural anxiety. If you all don't know what that means, go ahead and Google it. It is out there <laughs> for some reason. Um, so there may be many reasons why we feel awkward, afraid, and just feeling that you're put on the spot when you're so new at a language and feel very awkward about speaking it. Um, I've had students who are at a very, very high level of English. Their English is amazing, and they still feel very awkward for another reason, which is pronunciation. Maybe you feel awkward because you feel like no one is going to understand what you're saying because your pronunciation sucks or you think it sucks, but maybe it's not true. Uh, so I think those are some of the reasons why. What do you think? Well, well you mentioned us being intro extroverted. It's true. I'm 100% extroverted. I'm a social butterfly. But something that it's interesting is that I still have anxiety in certain situations. And... I think you've heard enough of me talking in English to understand that I'm fluent in it. And even in certain contexts, when I'm giving a comment or when I'm talking in certain situations, I still get anxious that I'm going to say the wrong thing. How strange mm. is that? And I've been talking with it for... And it's not always the same context because it's quite stupid. I speak English almost every day. No. No, literally every single day, more than even Portuguese, and I still have, I'm still afraid of making a mistake. But that's my uh, professionism actually coming into, and I think that's also something very important. Our perfectionism actually um, arms harms us more than helps us because, like you know. We want to be so perfect that we don't do it. We postpone it. We procrastinate it until we think we, it's going to be. Like, let me break it to you. We will never do it because we'll never be perfect. And once you do it and it's not perfect, you'll have an identity crisis. And you'll be crying your heart out. And it doesn't work. Sorry. 
it harms you more yeah perfectionism can definitely it can lead to procrastination in speaking i'm a master in it to the point where i get it so right and then you never will get it right so you never do it and therefore you never learn so it's just a loop you get stuck in a loop exactly and i think it's the same thing also uh and I have to admit it, it started, this project was also a little bit of a victim of my procrastination because as you know, I've been planning it for a long time, but I was waiting for it to get perfect. And I'm like, I don't care any longer. Let's just do it. And then we will figure it out along the way. Otherwise, I will never do it. I will never get perfect. Things will keep going forward. And I will just be waiting for that exact moment when things will line up and I'll do it and now I have the hiccups for no reason <laughs> this is annoying I me um, but like you know it's it's it will never be the perfect time so don't wait for it just do it and learn it like listen the perfectionist in recovery that it's not yet fully recovered but still needs a little bit of therapy on this but again i'm i'm recovering well from it just don't wait for the perfect moment don't wait to be perfect to get it perfect you will never do it you won't so that's also something that i think it's important for us to have a look at a hundred percent i agree that's a that's a really good point Mm. i guess for um beginners one of the biggest tips would be definitely to prepare in advance. Uh, And speaking from experience, when I start out trying to speak this new language, I do this method called a talking point. Basically, it's a sheet of paper and I put um, some phrases in there. Uh, Like, I have a specific topic in mind that I want to speak with this person or a group of people or maybe with different people throughout a week or two weeks. And I jot down some phrases on this sheet and I put, you know, vocabulary that I might um, expect to come up during conversation and also a couple of questions so that we can keep the conversation going. So it's basically a sheet with many phrases. That's what it is. And yes, it is at a beginner level. So short phrases, couple of words, and I'll mix, you know, English if we need and that's how I'll prepare or one way that I will prepare in advance to speak with somebody that way. How about you? Well, I do have something similar that I use with my Hindi and Japanese because somehow on a daily basis, I do get to speak with a few a few Indian people and a few Japanese around here. And I do have like a small pocketbook where I put I write down some useful sentences And when I interact with people and they teach me something new, I put it in my book again, my little notebook. And it's like you're carrying your own language encyclopedia with native speaking sentences dash expressions. It's very, very, very useful. And one thing that helps me as well, for instance, since Hindi and Japanese, it's not the same script, not the same graphism that we that we are used to even though i can read them japanese sort of can read it fluently but hindi i can uh even though i do speak uh, read it fluently i do i do put the pronunciation underneath it because sometimes my brain stops working and then i can go over it again and again that's where making mistakes comes in i normally 
I'm one of these uh, people that I just go for it at this point. And the, the times I've learned the most was when I made a mistake and the person corrected me. And yes, because I'm a perfectionist, I got so embarrassed and I doubt my entire life existence based on that. But I actually learned something out of it. And I You're have done. to say that after that, I started um, trying to master the art of mistaking with confidence. So like make a mistake, but own it and be like, yes, I might have made a mistake, but I'm learning a language and I'm very courageous for doing so because I'm putting myself out there. But at the same time, something, and I've learned this from a friend. I have this friend, he, he is um, native English and he was learning Portuguese. And the way he never had lessons, he never did like any active effort. He just randomly repeated things that people told him and they would never make sense. And he would always be making mistakes, but he would be talking like babies. He would be mixing up random things and we would be looking at him like, what are you saying? But the fact is, four years later, he's fluent in Portuguese somehow. And I'm like, how though? And his wife was always making fun of him, but that's how he learned. And it's like amazing. So, so just to be random phrases that he heard people around him say. Yeah, he sometimes he would look at us and we'd be like, you, you Portuguese no speak. You like a, you look like a cacti. And we would be like, what? <laughs> Or for instance, the pink elephant ate broccoli. broccoli. And I'm like, what are you saying? But like randomly, you would like... Kind of sounds like a duolingo sentence. <laughs> oh, yeah, I agree with that. But again, it, like for him, and this is what I would actually also say to some people, like try to create random stupid sentence. And this would help you at least understand the structures first. And then because they're crazy and because of this element, it will be easy for you to memorize how to build the sentences. And after it, you just put like, on each component you label it with a fancy name that you kind of understand and then you actually put the right terms on it after you learn it and you uh, like went on it like went through it and at this time of night my brain is stopped it's already also stopped like it doesn't work in english i don't even know how to start explaining myself in english any longer um But you will start getting more acquainted with the language and becoming fluent, even though it might sound crazy and you feel like I'm talking nonsense. It will work. And, you will talk <laughs> and yes, but at the end, you could just nod and smile and keep going. Just nod and smile. Nod and smile. That's the option. Like people smile won't say anything to you. And if they say, just go back and say, I'm learning a new language. Don't judge me. Like, try it with me. Be my accountability buddy. Do something of your life and practice it with me. Exactly. I, I so agree with that. That takes me back also. You know, when you're a kid and when I was learning, when I was surrounded by English, right? Because I, I used to speak mostly Spanish. Um, I think my switch began around also eight or nine years old. But I do remember learning it and I would just watch a bunch of TV and I would repeat what the character said and I would just say it to people at school or my cousins and we would just repeat, you know, kids just watch TV and repeat what they hear on TV and you would keep saying that. Um, and then 
as an adult, I would watch, you know, Korean dramas and I would repeat the phrases that I heard there as well, um, which was a way for me to learn some phrases in Korean. I should probably do that more. I haven't been repeating too many phrases. But yeah, that's how I learned uh, Russian. I watch YouTube and I'll like hear a phrase that I really like, look it up, be like, oh, that's what it means. And then I'll just repeat that phrase to as many people as I can until it eventually sinks in. Hmm. I need to start doing that with Korean actually because one thing that I've noticed is that again I don't have many Korean people to talk to and to practice too fluently and when I do my brain dies because I'm like well I don't remember what I'm, not, what I'm supposed to say so I do think that's actually pretty nice and I have to say Fabi I'm going to start like annoying you with audios random audios of stuff again because we used to do that and then life got into the way and we stopped doing it and i do think this little project of ours will actually help us go back on track and hopefully one of these days do an entire one in i don't know many languages <laughs> well that's the goal um i think one of the other goals of this podcast is eventually become fluent enough in Korean to be able to communicate and actually be able to hold a whole conversation in it. So that is a, a fantastic goal that yes. we have. But we'll probably be making a ton of mistakes. And if there's any like native Koreans who was for some reason stumble upon it and start listening to it, it'll be really funny to hear what kind of feedback they have about it. Like, whoa, you pronounced that really wrong or you you said that completely off. I, I love I actually love that you know mm -hmm. when when you are speaking to a native speaker and sometimes they're trying to be really nice and they don't correct you but oh, I no. actually love like I learn to love when people want to correct or mm -hmm. like want to give feedback I absolutely love that so if I'm if I would speak uh, Portuguese for example and a friend would say you got to fix this pronunciation it sounded kind of off or in Russian they'd be like mm, the in Russian we have which is I don't even know how to say it in English it's I guess it's the word stress right mm. so sentence it's sentence not sentence right does that make sense mm -hmm. word stress um so that's like the biggest mistakes that I usually make in Russian is like the word stress mm. what's the so you get stressed So I really love it when people give feedback on that. Yeah. One thing that I haven't been like, so when I started Korean, again, it was because of you. You were you were my downfall for me to get back to Asian stuff. Like, how is this possible? You awaken the little giant that I had since I was a girl, like Asia stuff. And but the thing is, I figured Korean is for me it's pretty straightforward it's like math it's okay and i like math and i know that a lot of people hate it but please don't judge me for me it's pretty straightforward i have a thing with controlling things for me to feel safe so for me knowing that that's going to be like that and it's very methodical it helps and i really like it and then when i go to japanese it's pretty similar And I thought, why not learning both? It was a huge mistake because now I don't have a functional brain. But on part of it, um, we have something that... What troubles me more in Korean is not even the grammar or the structure. Because when we look at Korean, 
and you have okay you have the formal nuances but you only have one person you have no plurals you have one person so it's mokoyo mokasoyo and it goes for everyone and in portuguese you have a different word for each pronoun it's like what mm, it's, like so, it's yeah exactly so it's pretty straightforward oh, what it's like ooh yeah and then depending you have no I, I don't know how many types of past yeah 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 I, I do know how many pasts we have I'm just not going to talk about it today it's I too traumatizing like, I, I can say it but I don't know how many because I never studied the grammar we have like at least four that I can remember right now four types of past and they're all confusing uh, I remember that, that I... on the next episode because we're going to talk about grammar on the next one. Ooh! So, yeah, I will advise you for your next episode to bring a glass of wine to help you prepare for when it comes. If we actually go into the topic of Portuguese grammar. Again, Portuguese grammar, it's not that it's unattainable, stupidly difficult. It is straightforward up to some point. I would say that the most difficult things that we have, it's the two pasts, pretérito perfeito and pretérito imperfeito. Those are confusing. And then prepositions. But prepositions are the death of everyone. And the oh, conjuntivo yeah. as well. But like, yeah, but conjuntivo is a, a, a matter for those who are in B1 level already. And if you want to just hang, like, talk with people natively a2 b1 you can pass by and then you will learn it you don't need to go in depth in grammar to do it so just embrace like if you know that comer is a verb but you don't know how to conjugate just say what you know and people will correct you and then you will know so that's oh it. yeah <laughs> that's how i kind of approach it um to get over the whole like making mistakes if they get the point if you speak and they get the point that's already a win if it's not right you're going to learn because they're going to correct you and ask for feedback learn how to learn the phrase in the target language to how to ask for feedback mm -hmm. and that's like the most important phrase well one of the most important phrases you'll know it's mm -hmm. like how can i say this or please correct me or um how did help. i say it how did i yeah. what can what can i improve oh yeah completely i do have to say that we also we as people natives we also have a part in it we should stop talking to people in their mother tongue if they want to learn and for a lot of portuguese here that happens not all of the portuguese know how to speak english attention to that but uh, most of my students complain that they are trying to practice practice their portuguese and then Portuguese people will think that they are suffering and they will start speaking in English. And then the entire point of practicing something goes away. So please don't talk unless the person is actually asking you to talk in, the, in their native tongue. Please don't do it. Let us just practice our thing. Okay? And that happens to me with a lot of my language buddies. Because I help them with English and then they try to help me with Korean or Japanese or any other language. And I end up just speaking in English because they need more help at some point. Also because of my own laziness because then I don't know the vocabulary. But also because they think I'm struggling. And I do am, but I'm gladly struggling with the language. But us as natives, we have the, the job of also helping these people practice their languages and not making their life easier at some point. 
and, and sorry if there is someone that wants their life made easy, but if you want to learn a language, there is no easy way. You need to put in the work. Sorry. Facts. Identity so crisis. I guess like one, like kind of off to the side, but one thing I found in Russian that really helped um, when I went to Korea, I was practicing both Korean and Russian. And I met a few people, some friends who spoke zero English, like nothing, Amazing. absolutely nothing. So I had to use their language. And could I speak it? Well, not at the time, but I did what I could. And if we couldn't understand each other for some reason, I used Google Translate. Translate was my best friend. I didn't translate like the entire thing, but I would use it for certain words to fill in the gaps. So um, I learned a ton because you have to force yourself to speak their language. So That's... that helped a lot. And um, there were many misunderstandings. I mean, misunderstandings are going to come, but those people, they know that you're learning. So they'll try to speak slower and they will try to make themselves understood some way and they'll correct you. So it's great. <laughs> And that's an interesting thing that you mentioned there about the translator. A lot of people are like, no, don't use a translator. It's an enemy. Oh, no, yeah, your translator, it's your best friend. And let me tell you why. It's like you're carrying a dictionary, but light form. And also, if something happens, you always can go there. I won't say to, I won't say it like, please use it and don't speak. No, use it as a last um a last option resource. Mm -hmm. Yeah, use it like a supplement because as we already talked before, we have a, like, let's say a notebook of phrases that we've heard natives use. So we are have a foundation, right? You already listen to native phrases and use it. But if you're coming up with your own sentences and you don't know a certain word, then look it up in the translator. And if the translator gives you a wrong word, you're going to use the phrase anyway and the person's going to look at you like what did you just like what on earth are you trying to say and they'll correct you and then you'll learn the real word but at least you got through to what you were trying to say oh yeah i did a lot of mistakes on that and one note to korean and japanese normally the translators don't give you the formal version so if someone gets kind of like mad at you don't forget to check if it has the formal or not that happened to me once in korean I forgot to check if it was the formal and the 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 gentleman the let's call it the gentle the gentleman he was like oh so don't use that because that's rude I'm like oh my god so sorry I forgot to check if there was a formal or not because in our languages in um western society we we do have the concept of formality but not as high or not as intrinsic as asian cultures so for them it comes out naturally for us it doesn't and we also need to double check um but again easily they understand and they're quite polite and nice about it they will say like please don't do this please don't do that just it's better if you say it this way and as, as favi uh, said i was going to say already in portuguese as favi this me mixing languages already um <laughs> as favi said they will correct you, you will learn and add something extra onto your uh, vocabulary list. Mm -hmm. So that's another uh, thing. Yeah, so if you are afraid, face your fears, face your fears, um, prepare in advance, 
I think that was one point that we covered. Keep a notebook if you're into notebooks, maybe digitally or not. Prepare in advance somehow, maybe practice in a safe environment, maybe to non-native speakers, to friends, to us here, we can practice as well. Practice in the um, shower. <laughs> practice by yourself in the shower, <laughs> in the mirror. And then eventually when you go speak to natives, uh, just you will make mistakes, but that's okay. That's how you learn. And I had a last point that I wanted to say. Um, I have a really vivid imagination. So sometimes I visualize it. Like I will imagine myself talking to native speakers and kind of put a scenario in my head. Like what if I was speaking like completely fluent or what if I was speaking perfectly? I do try to imagine it, but then I also try to imagine myself if I'm making a mistake, not uh, it not being um, a barrier. So I just imagine myself just getting through it, you know, yeah. like, oh, okay, thanks for the feedback. And then I'll remember it quicker. And next person I talk to, I'll say it correctly. Yeah, I do. I do agree with you. And I do that as well. The more you visualize it, the more it's like you're pre-preparing for what can come. And also the more you can imagine yourself talking the language, the more familiar you get with it and you start getting used to the feeling of, oh, I can speak it. Oh, I can do it. And it becomes easier. Our brain is amazing. It can do a lot of amazing things, but it can also be easily tricked. So it's like, just use visual. Visu I don't know how to say this. Wait, bear with me. Visualization. Why is this? My brain is melted at this point. So just visualize yourself. Um, and it will help you and make you a little bit more confident even when speaking. So, yeah. This so uh, mistake it till you make it. As I just did. See? Putting it in practice. Mistake it till you make it. Sounds good. Yeah, I'd probably be like that right now if I were if I would try to speak Portuguese at this hour as well. Because I've been speaking too much English today. Mm -hmm. Wow. It's bedtime already. Actually, we both uh, we both earlier today tried to speak in Portuguese and we were both like, um, how do you say accountability buddy in Portuguese? Like I don't remember. It's my language, but <laughs> yeah, I will need to check that out, but I don't even think we have that word in Portuguese actually. But per se, it's very, I don't know, it's very awkward. Partner. Yeah, partner. It would be a partner, uh, language partner. Per se, the, lingua the, the language. But no, that doesn't sound good. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I don't know. We need to check that. But before, yeah, we need to check that. Maybe next episode we can give the Someone answer. Someone can correct us on that one. How do, yeah, how to more accurately say accountability, buddy, in Portuguese. I, I'm, I'm feeling a bit off right now because I'm Portuguese <laughs> and I don't remember how to say it. Um, but, oh, here's another thing. There are certain phrases that you can't translate. So if I were to say something like, um, or I can't think of anything right now, but just keep that in mind. So Soldados, Portuguese. Right. I yeah. How do I say that in English? We don't have a word for that, so we just say we miss you very, very much. But that's not even how you translate it. So no, no, yeah. Like nostalgic, missing, intensely something. 
I don't, yeah, I don't know. It comes from deep within your heart, the the profound space of the waves of your feelings. It's from my gut. What? <laughs> I miss you from my gut. Yes. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah. No. This. I think this is this is time to. If we keep going, <laughs> it's going to become interesting. Maybe we can we can keep that for a later episode when they are already used to our awkwardness. And right. we well, can... I'm glad that came into because the, the topic of mistakes and we're already making some. So that's awesome. Oh, yeah. Mistake it until you make it. All right. We are going to wrap it up over here. And then with the next episode, we're going to go ahead and talk about um, common struggle number three and how we approach it, which is being afraid of grammar. So how do we approach grammar? Tune in for the next episode. Bye. Bye.